Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for nonstop college basketball talk. We'll talk VCU hoops coming up in about 30 minutes. But right now, to go around the ACC, talk a little Atlantic Coast Conference. As right now, the top of the standings, number three in the country, the North Carolina Tar Heels are 9-1 and one in the ACC. But coming off of a loss, you heard Bill Roth mention it there a few segments ago, 74-73 stunned by Georgia Tech in the final seconds. They're still sitting at the top of the conference. Duke, 7-2. They're number seven in the country. And UVA sitting at number three with four straight wins at 6-3, and three, and they have a contest tonight. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, you can check him out on the ACC Network, it's Luke Hancock. What's going on, Luke? Not too much, man. How are you? Nice to have oh, you. Man, we're getting, we're getting the Darth Vader voice here going on. Uh, Darth Vader, can, can the Tar Heels win the NCAA title this season? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, you know, I know Georgia Tech played well. Uh, you give them a lot of credit. I thought their physicality and effort in the game was just far and away better than UNC. And uh, I think UNC had one of those games where they're probably looking forward to this weekend and all the hype that goes into this weekend's game. And uh, they didn't come into that game with a championship mindset. They overlooked Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech has shown they're one of those teams. Uh, I mean, it's just crazy to say they've beaten UNC and they've beaten Clemson. And they have lost to seven games to – um, most of the teams in the bottom half of the league, certainly. So they can get up for the big games but struggling with some consistency there, but certainly showed up uh, against North Carolina. Um, and it was disappointing to see kind of the, the total product from UNC. The, the guy who brought the most energy was definitely Hubert Davis, pleading with his group through the whole game uh, to get more fired up, to get more energetic, to bring more of a punch. Yeah, uh, And they just didn't have that. And so – R.J. Davis still scores 28 points. He's leading the conference in scoring, playing like one of the best guards in the entire country, but took 24 shots to get there, and they didn't have another player in double figures. And uh, that's tough. You know, Harrison Ingram and and Cormac Ryan had great looks, uh, just couldn't quite put it in. And then Armando Baycott, just not as impactful as he's been on the offensive end. But um, they certainly have shown through that 10-game win streak that they can compete with anyone. Um, and, and playing as good as anybody in the country. So certainly they can make a run here. And with guys like RJ and Armando, uh, they've been through so much in college basketball, you know they're going to be motivated to get things back on the tracks. Luke Hancock here with us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, talking all things ACC hoops. You know, 20 or 21 games into the season, who would you say has surprised you the most in the ACC? I'd probably say Florida State. Yeah, I, I, that's where I was going to go. Um, you know, sitting at uh, six and three now. The way they played against Carolina the first time out, uh, really in control of that game until Carolina put the press on late. Um, you know, they, they look like a completely different team than they did at the beginning of the season. Um, and it's not good for, uh, for the conference as a whole because, you know, they fell so much in terms of these metrics, and now they're just going to be wrecking resumes down the stretch here. Uh, sitting at six and three, um, Certainly a team that, that looks like they can compete with anybody. That is a typical Leonard Hamilton squad where they're playing a ton of bodies. Yeah. Um, on defense, they can switch so many different positions. Maybe they don't have the you know first-round draft talent, the lottery pick talent of Patrick Williams and Scotty Barnes and Devin Vassell and, and uh, Gavin Yelly that they've had in the past, but it does look like typical Florida State and led by Jameer Watkins. 
there's a stat sheet stuff or done a little bit of everything for that team. But um, he's been great down the stretch here and, and a big part of their improvement. Also, like Primo Spears coming off the bench, just giving them a new dynamic as well. Absolutely. And Jameer was a big part of VCU's uh, conference championship last year. You know, he started for most of the right. season. They moved him off the bench, and he became that sixth man. And uh, I'm, I'm glad he's having the success that he's having now at Florida State. Let's touch on the local two teams here in the ACC with UVA and Virginia Tech. We'll start with the Hoos, uh, who are at home against Notre Dame tonight. I think over the last four games, four-game win streak, they've started playing that style of defense that we all have come to expect from a Tony Bennett squad, and they've added another scorer down low in Jordan Minor. Yeah, I think he's been hugely impactful. I think uh, Harris has also given them a different dynamic than they've had. Yeah. Uh, but Jordan Minor's got to be the catalyst. Um, but, you know, I look at that NC State game, um, really close one uh, down the stretch, I thought, Miner's defense on Big DJ Burns. You know, they try to throw it into him over and over again, but having a veteran who kind of knows where to draw the line in the sand, where to be really physical, um, he was great. And I think he's given them another dimension. It's freed things up for Ryan Dunn. Um, that's so much responsibility defending inside and rebounding. He, he can get out and run a little bit more. Um, and like you said, a four-game win streak, they're starting to feel a little bit better about both sides of the ball. Um, to me, you know, I, I think it's crazy – they're sitting there at ten and two, you know, with two losses that were that were substantial. Don't get me wrong against Wisconsin and, and Memphis, but you know, Memphis was playing as good as anybody in the country. That's a road in a neutral environment. They get to the ACC and they struggle a little bit, and, and all of a sudden the ACC is not good and Virginia is not good. Hmm. Well, that's just not how it works with Tony Bennett. Um, in my eyes, that would mean the ACC is pretty strong if a team performs as well as they did in the non-conference, beating teams like Texas A&M, West Virginia, Florida. Uh, and then you get into conference play and struggle a little bit, you know, I would think that would lift up the ACC, but for whatever reason, um, kind of put a damper on some of the expectations for Virginia. But this four-game win streak has them right back in the conversation. I'm screaming and yelling for them to get more respect. Um, and it'll be, it'll be a great uh, revenge game, I guess, for Virginia to continue this home game winning streak against Notre Dame, who beat them up pretty bad uh, when they went to uh, South Bend. So this will be a good one tonight. Luke, love having you on the show. Follow Luke on social media. Luke Skywalker, 11, ESPN analyst for the ACC Network. Last thing, at the end of this, at the end of March here, when we get ready for Selection Sunday, how many ACC teams are, are going to hear their name called? I, I saw Joe Lenardi throw out three. I'm predicting five. Yeah, I think you start at five. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's three that are in kind of without question at this point. I think Clemson, Duke, and, and UNC are in there. Um, and then you start to look at Wake, Virginia, Virginia Tech. And there are a couple teams that could certainly make a run. Uh, I thought Miami needed to beat NC State last night uh, to kind of keep people talking about them and them in the conversation. But um, there is that glob in the middle with the ACC teams that are, you know, around that five and five plus or minus a game. Um, threshold, but I think Virginia Tech has had really good wins in a non-conference. You know, you beat Iowa State, you beat Boise State on a neutral. Your losses, I mean, their worst loss in the non-conference with Virginia Tech is is South Carolina. Well, that win, you know, ask Kentucky or Tennessee, that win looks a, uh, or that loss, excuse me, looks a lot uh, less impactful. So you lose to Auburn, you lose to FAU, and, and you lose to South Carolina, and you put together a healthy amount of wins. I think if Virginia Tech can steal one of the big Big teams, you know, you got to win against the top three and not lose to the bottom five. That Virginia Tech will be right there. Already mentioned Virginia, and then I'm I'm really hopeful. 
You know, Adam, I'm hopeful that we saw Florida State get left out of college football playoffs because their quarterback was injured, right? Well, this team in Wake Forest is completely different than they were the first several games of the season. Um, when Efton Reed comes back, you have a seven-footer that's a shot blocker that can defend uh, at a higher level. Has really changed the identity of the team. And then on the offensive end, he's, he's just more skilled. He's more confident uh, than what they've had in the past. So change the dynamics of this team. Damari Monsanto was the best three-point shooter in the league last year. Has now come back and is, is going to find his groove soon, I believe. So um, I'm hoping Wake Forest gets some benefit there. Uh, they've been nine and three since Efton Reed's return and 26 in net efficiency. Um, and, and just so you know, 25 and 24 in the net efficiency is Kentucky and Kansas. So obviously those are our tournament teams there. So love it. Um, Wake Forest is playing great basketball and I think they should be, uh, that, that fifth team in and you could get to six. Uh, just kind of depends on how things play out. That's Luke Hancock. Check him out on the ACC network. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD radio on the fan. Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105 1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show. 833 804 0910. 833 804 0910. It is Wednesday at 2 15, which means it's time to bring in the czar, Gary Hess. What's happening, man? What's good, man? Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting time. Is it time for the game yet? We got what? Ten more days of hype. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and five days of live shows from Vegas. Yeah, I can't wait to hear you guys out there. Yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun. So let's get in the car and drive. How are the roads looking? Get out of the way, damn it. Time for a drive down Richmond Highway with Gary Hess, sports director and the voice of high school football in Richmond, Virginia. I understand there's traffic. You need to plan for that. Let's drive down Richmond Highway with Gary Hess on AWOD Radio. So I know, I know, Gary, a lot of people were rooting for the Lions, and locally here in Richmond, a lot of people were rooting for the Ravens just because of the distance, but I think we got the best matchup for this Super Bowl with the Chiefs against the 49ers, a rematch from 2020. Yeah, I um, and I picked both of these games correctly, which I don't do much correctly anymore, <laughs> but I did pick both these games correctly. I've, I've pretty much decided I'm done picking against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Um, he just has that it factor when, 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 when things are really on the line, and he showed that. I mean, and and I think Andy Reid's a part of it too. I think Andy Reid's a big part of it. I mean, he's just cool and calm. You know, the Ravens' defense was the story coming into this game, and rightfully so. I'm not saying that was the wrong story. Their defense had been next level good. They completely dismantled the 49ers, and the Chiefs went straight down the field and scored. Then, um, the second time they got the ball, they went down the field again took over nine minutes off the clock, and you're well into the second quarter, and it's now 14-7, and the defense is reeling. And uh, it is um, it was a statement. And then they kind of changed their philosophy in the second half. They're like, we got a 10-point lead. We're going to run the ball. We're going to play ball control. And Lamar Jackson can't beat us standing on the sideline next to John Harbaugh. Yeah, I mean, they changed the Ravens' game plan. The, the Ravens wanted to play for, with a lead so that they could run the ball. Instead, they're playing from behind, and... The Ravens' defense stepped up in the second half, didn't yeah. allow the Chiefs to score, but it was too much of a deficit, and the offense had to deal with the Chiefs' defense. Ran the ball five times. Yeah. Yeah, running backs. carried, Handed off the running backs five times. That's, yeah. that's not the Ravens' formula for victory. 
Yeah, and the thing is, is I didn't think that the play calls were that bad. They just missed opportunities, like Zay Flowers diving into the end zone. Like, what are you doing? You know, the taunting penalty. Um, you know, Lamar had a few unbelievable scrambles and then couldn't set his feet before he throws. Right. The t- yeah, the taunting penalty is a great example of you know you're down ten points. Right. You're trying to get back in just the game. Just shut up. <laughs> just shut up. You know, there's a time for thumping your chest and celebrating, and that wasn't it. It was it was it was really bad form. And then they change quarters, and he goes right down and fumbles. And what a great play that was. Uh, to knock the ball out as he's diving into the end zone. A friend of mine who's an assistant coach, high, assistant high school coach locally, well-known name in the high school community, posted on social media. He's like, he's like, never ever dive yeah. unless it's fourth down. Yeah, and so uh, many d- players make dive, that mistake, sticking the ball out. You right. know, yeah, you just. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, and so it was just like uh, the team that deserved to win one. And uh, the team that's been the best team in the AFC in the playoffs is in the Super Bowl. No doubt about it. It's Gary Hess with us here as we drive down Richmond Highway with the czar and the sports director here on WRNL 910 The Fan. So let's get to some college hoops here. You are our resident ACC insider tonight. Notre Dame at Virginia from John Paul Jones Arena. So... Notre Dame, as I look at my ACC standings, is 14th out of 15 teams, two and seven in conference, uh, seven and 13 overall. One of those two wins was against UVA in South Bend yep. by 20 points or something like that. It was an absolute beatdown, I believe, on like New Year's weekend. It was like it was almost anonymous, like something, nothing's going on. All of a sudden, you look at the scores and like, whoa, what in the world happened in they South Bend? They had a ton Bend? of threes. And so, um, you know, Virginia is a different team at home. They have gotten a road win now, but this is a game I would expect Virginia. And they have kind of morphed a little bit. You know, Tony Bennett's doing Tony Bennett things. He's got those, uh, he's, you know, Jordan Miners emerged. They've got more yep. players emerging. They, you know, roles are being more defined. Blake Buchanan emerged again. Uh, you know, they're, 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 the guys, the newcomers to the program are starting to get it a little bit. Beekman's, you know, still a stud. And Ryan Dunn is emerging as an absolute star. So, you know, I'm not saying Virginia, you know, but they are starting to work their way back onto the uh, NCAA bubble on these bracketology yep. things. Yeah. And, you know, they're going to have to keep winning to make the tournament. But, uh, you know, you look at the AC standings and, whoa, tied for third. There's UVA. Yeah. And so uh, they've got to keep going. They only play Duke and Carolina both once each, and they're both late in the season. So they need to take uh, care of business in this part of the schedule uh, if they want to get into that bracket conversation. Yeah. I mean, the who's just taking form. Winners of four straight could make it five in a row tonight. Uh, you're so right. I mean, they were two and three. The bottom half of the standings, now they're number three, ahead of Florida State, who's fourth, ahead of Wake Forest, ahead of NC State, and a lot of these teams are going to be on the bubble. Now I like UVA's chances uh, towards the end of the season. Let's move over to the By the Hokies. way, real quick, the interesting thing about bracketology is the third. they only have three ACC teams in. Right. Duke and Carolina, the third team's Clemson. Clemson's four and five in the league. Now their non-conference bracket, uh, uh, resume is strong. But I, I do think that number's going to get up to four or five I do by too. the end of the season. I do Plus too. conference play, you know, uh, conference tournament play. You know, let's just say Virginia Tech wins it. Oh, yeah, then maybe they get a six team in. The ACC always finds a way to double up their teams towards the end of the season. By the way, I'm pretty sure I'm right about this. Virginia, I believe, has the longest home court winning streak in the country. 
That is correct. And so that is on the line tonight against Notre Dame. I expect the Hoos to win tonight. So Hokies lost to Duke. Did you watch that game? 77-67. They I had saw, a chance there. I saw the second half. And okay, because I watched the first, and they were close. So the here first. was the second half. The second half is, you know, Duke had a six-point lead, I believe it was, at halftime. And it'd get to four. Then it would go to ten. Then it would get to five. Then it would go to nine. It was like, they, it was like a stiff arm in football. Mm. They just said, okay, we're going to hold you right here and it got as high as 11. They got within three or four. They could never get any closer than that. Duke couldn't blow them away. And you get right there, and in the end, it's a 10-point game. And that was the case. Duke played great defense on Couture and um, Padula. And Padula. And if you play great defense on those two guys and they don't make threes, the Hokies are going to be offensively challenged. Yeah, and then for the Hokies, they just didn't do a good enough job defending Duke's playmakers. Proctor... Filipowski, they both had huge games um, for the Blue Devils. So next up will be February 3rd at Miami. You know, we talked about this last week. This is a tough stretch of the season for the Hokies. It is a tough stretch of the season. You know, uh, We would expect Virginia to win tonight. Going to be a very important Saturday for the Hoos and the Hokies as the uh, Hokies head to Coral Gables to face a Miami team. It's not going to be very happy after losing to NC State last night. I think it was NC State. Yeah, it was NC State. And uh, they're also going, and Virginia has to go play at Clemson. So that is going to be a, Saturday's a big day for the state teams in the ACC. Speaking of the state teams, who would you claim right now is the best team in the state of Virginia? Ooh, wow. That is a great question. Um, This is probably going to be a little controversial, but I think when push comes to shove, if they played each other, I still think UVA would probably be the best team. I think when push comes to you, you know, with Tony Bennett. But having said that, Chris Mooney has done a phenomenal job this year at Richmond. Yeah, uh, that it was a great atmosphere Saturday uh, watching them beat Dayton. The Spiders are in that conversation. Jordan King's been a phenomenal addition, um, and JMU is still in that discussion as well. Um, even though they've lost uh, three games, I think in the Sun Belt now. But uh, you know. Saturday is going to tell me a lot. How will the Spiders do at the Siegel Center with um, <laughs> after a couple of days that promised to be not very pleasant for the players after uh, for VCU after last night? Yeah, I mean, I, I said it earlier this year. I think you know VCU in the standings. It's going to be determined by these two games against Richmond. You win both of them, you could be a top four seed. You lose both of them. Uh, you could be looking at a team that has to play on Thursday in the A-10 tournament. Richmond 7-0 and in the conference, 15-5. and Now, do you think they're working towards an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament? Are they going to have to win the conference? I think that's to be determined. I think they are going to have to, you know, if they go, how many conference games do they play in the A-10s? 16 or 18? I think it's 15 or 16. 16. Yeah. So if they go like 15-1 and in the conference, say, and they beat VCU twice, and they got the win over Dayton. And I'm not saying that's going to happen. And if they lose to Dayton in the A-10 tournament final, maybe they get an at-large bid. But I think right now, I mean, Richmond's net ranking was in the 80s last I saw, even after beating Dayton. So I think the Spiders are going to look at have look at having to try to win that tournament. Um, uh, you know, then the question will be because Dayton's going to be in the tournament field one way or the other. You know. How's what's Dayton's approach to the conference tournament going to be? That's the czar, Gary Hess. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan.
Let's drive down Richmond Highway with Gary Hess on AWOD Radio. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM and always available around the country on the go with the free Odyssey app. Download it today for free. Gives you the ability to pause the show, run some errands, rewind, and then pick up right where you left off. And, of course, 910 The Fan is Richmond's home for VCU basketball. Ram Nation, you know you can hear every game right here on 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. And I'm going to give all my listeners a chance to win two tickets to the VCU men's basketball game this Saturday as the Rams take on the Richmond Spiders from the Siegel Center. It is going to be a big game. Don't call in right now, 833-804-0910, at the end of the segment, but anytime you hear this sound on AWOD Radio, you know it's time for a giveaway. And who's our next contestant? Ding, 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 ding. Tell her what she's won. All right, so when you hear that sound at the end of the segment, call in for your chance to win two tickets to VCU against the Richmond Spiders. Joining us right now... Very special guest right. joining us in studio. We've got the Red Door guys, Brian and Greg. Thanks yeah. for stopping by. Uh, well, thanks for having us, man. This is awesome to be here. We appreciate it. Absolutely. And you guys are big VCU fans as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we went to VCU uh, a long time ago, <laughs> much longer ago. <laughs> Uh, than what you might have gone to college. The mid-90s when the great Rodney Ashby was there. Yeah, love Rodney, absolutely. Absolutely. And the Seagull Center is going to be rocking this Saturday. Oh, it's going to be on fire. With the way Richmond's had their season undefeated in the A-10, they're going to come in ready to win, and you know that's our big rival. we got to take them down. we got to stomp the Spiders. That's what we got to do. I mean, this is going to be such a big game for the city. I mean, you can just – I can already feel the energy, the excitement for this game Saturday. Absolutely. It always is, but this one's going to be – Really big. It's going to be huge. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the background for you guys. How did you come up with the Red Door guys? So, you know, in our business, you you, you change over the years. And for, for many years, Greg and I, we've been in real estate for over 20 years, first of all, Adam. Okay. So been doing it for a long time. But when COVID hit, we had to really, like, refocus our business and say, hey, how do we want to really brand ourselves? And we came up with this concept because we used to paint all of our doors on our rehabs red, still mm-hmm. do to this day. And we got to be known in the community by realtors and other people as the Red Door guys. And we're like, hey, when, one day when we brand ourselves, let's use that. That yeah. might work. And that's how we became the Red Door guys. I love that because like once you develop a brand you got to stick with it i mean i've stuck with the dumb name awad for like 10 years now (laughs) here on on radio yeah so greg tell me a little bit about how you help the people that you're working with well you know uh after 20 years of experience and and dealing with this kind of stuff we've come to realize that when people have to sell a house they're doing it because they're in a such a they have a situation that they need to deal with right and we all know that life throws us curveballs so you know we have to unfortunately deal with people that are uh, getting a divorce or they're in bankruptcy or they're losing their house to foreclosure or maybe they just have a a house that uh, needs a lot of work like a a guy named Phil that we recently helped out so you know that's that's basically what we see is people that have situations and we're there with our experience and our resources to to help them out of that situation. Yeah, I love that because, you know, I didn't realize that. Like, I'm 31 years old. You think if someone's selling a house, well, they had a good reason to sell it. It's not always the case. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's a, sometimes it's a bad reason, but uh, it's it's a reason. Yeah, and you so know? the Red Door guys are there to help out. And I love, you know, working in the community and, and helping out people here in the area. And you've got a good partnership with the Children's Hospital. It's been an awesome partnership. Uh, shout out to Rachel uh, Bruni at the yeah. Children's Hospital. 
she's been our contact and amazing to work with. She's so kind and she's gotten us involved in in that. And just for for the listeners that don't know, every property the Red Door guys buy, we donate five hundred dollars to the Children's Hospital of Richmond at VCU. That's awesome. And uh, it's been, it's been a huge part of our culture to to have that giving back to the community. And you know we've had a chance to work you know the Radiothon, which is something Odyssey does a great yeah. job of donating their their airwaves every year to it. And hearing the stories of people that called in and, and their their ties to the Children's Hospital. And then when Rachel invited us down to 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 tour the Wonder Tower, you got to see firsthand about how it impacts these kids and these kids that have so many challenges in their lives and what the parents have to go through. And they designed this amazing hospital around their needs. And it's just, it's great to be a part of. Hanging out with a couple of VCU guys, Brian and Greg, the Red Door guys ahead of the game against the Richmond Spiders this Saturday. And, you know, I've been so impressed with VCU this season. I know yesterday was a depressing defeat, but we had to replace so many players, right? We just had an ACC reporter on talking about Jameer Watkins going off for FSU, Jaden Nunn for Baylor, Ace and Nick Kern at Penn State. I mean, when you just take a step back and you realize how much talent we lost, it is an incredible job that we're in the thick of things right now in the A-10. No, Coach Odom deserves so much credit in that transition and coming in, you know, late and having to rebuild everything and right. all these guys coming from different places and and the new talent that we have and it's so great to have all these local Richmond kids finally too. Yeah, they went to local or, or you know high schools around Richmond, and so yeah, the, what he's built and and the character of these guys too, I think is important. Adam, you know, we've gotten to know uh, Zeb Jackson. We did a little radio spot with him. And Zeb is the nicest young man I have ever met. Yeah. And so n- not not only just great character guys, but the talent he's brought and how they developed. And with Joe coming in late in the year and Sean coming in late in the year, and they had to deal with that as well. It's it's great to see that, that what we have and the potential we have going forward. Oh, my gosh. I mean, uh, I'm glad you mentioned Zeb Jackson, my favorite player on the team. Just just uber talented so much of an athlete you know he can just burn you with one step and then he could dunk on you or hit a three-point shot good to get him back in the lineup after dealing with back spasms uh so yeah i I totally agree i feel like nothing against the guys last year on the team but this year they just feel like they love playing for each other playing with each other it's the international flavor mixed with the richmond guys plus the holdovers from the Rhodes era it's a good combination and uh, it's a big game saturday against the richmond spiders brian hanging out with us here from the Red Door guys. So if anybody's listening to this segment and, and they're inspired by what you're saying here, maybe they're going through a divorce and they have to sell their house, what's the best way to get in touch with you guys? Well, probably go to our website at uh, reddoorguys.com, and uh, there's all sorts of information on there. You can you know, submit your house that you need to sell, or there's a number on there that you can give us a call as well. I love that. Yeah, so everybody check out the Red Door, guys. And uh, right now we're going to give you a chance to win two tickets to the VCU basketball game against the Richmond Spiders. That's going to be this Saturday, February 3rd at the Siegel Center. If you want to win these tickets, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. What's it going to take for the Rams to get a win, man? Well, we, for, for one, we can't uh, rebound like we did offensively last night. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. that was pretty bad. And if we can if we can shoot anywhere near what we did in those first 16 minutes, we went, I think, 10 for 15 and then maybe 1 for 9 in the second half from three-point. But, you know, also, and you know this, Adam, as good as anybody, we've got to take it to the hole. We've got to penetrate. Yeah. We can't just be a live-by-the-three and die-by-the-three team. We've got some big guys. Let's go in, maybe get them in foul trouble, and, and get some points on the board in the paint. Yeah, no, you're so right about the live-by-the-three, die-by-the-three. The Rams last night were 10 of 15 in the first half. They finished the game 11 of 29. 
to one of 14 in the second half. It's just, it's disappointing. But you know what? The best thing about college basketball is you can regroup and go back at it on Saturday. So it should be a good one. Uh, Once again, guys, thanks for stopping by. If people want to get in touch with the Red Door guys, let them know where they can do that and what they, what can they expect if they partner with you guys in selling their house? Yeah, so uh, again, the re- website's reddoorguys.com. And, and what we want to do is we just want to offer them, a, you know, a no obligation offer. Um, if it works for you, great. If it doesn't, a lot of times we'll even let you know. We just want to see if we're a good fit for you, if you're a good fit for us, and we'd love to work with you if it's if it's the right opportunity. Yeah, and if, if not, we can also try to point them in the right direction on who can help them if we can't. That's a good point. And and you know what? I love the logo. <laughs> I am a huge it. fan of the logo. Stubb was talking about the jingle. It's stuck in his head all day. <laughs> the uh, best jingle. Yeah, so we love partnering with you guys here at Odyssey Richmond. Thanks for stopping by. All right, we mentioned we're going to give away the tickets. When you hear this sound, that means it's your chance to call in and pick and win a giveaway. 833-804-0910. And who's our next contestant? Ding, 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 ding. Tell her what she's won. Caller number one right now. You're winning a pair of tickets to see VCU against Richmond. 833-804-0910. Caller number one on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. I love our listeners. AWOD Army. Spider John calls in. Try to say hi to the Red Door guys. The guy who ended up won- winning the tickets, the Red Door guys were like, oh, yeah, we recognize his name. He was like our, our frat brother at VCU, or he went to a- another fraternity that they partied with. It's just a, it's a good community yeah, here. Congrats to Thomas. Yeah. That was our winner. That's awesome. Uh, so if you want to chime in, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. But we've been, we've been stuck in the sports world, uh, and so I did want to take this time right now to find out what's the latest in Hollywood and entertainment here on Netflix. Netflix, the best of streaming services, TV, movies, books, podcasts, and more. We've got you covered on Netflix. All right, joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, he knows a thing or two about Netflix and the streaming industries and entertainment industry strategist for Parrot Analytics, Mr. Hollywood on our show, Brandon Katz. What's going on, Brandon? How you doing, Adam? I'm doing good, man. Let me start hot fire here. What's the latest with my guy, Leonardo DiCaprio? <laughs> you know, after Killers of the Flower Moon, looks like he's taking a little break. He does have some projects on the horizon. But with Leo, it's always a mystery until the cameras start rolling. Because he's such a hot name in Hollywood, he's always attached to several different things at once. And I've learned... Don't get too excited. Don't get too invested. Wait until cameras start rolling. Then it's time to ramp up the anticipation. I wanted to ask, uh, this is Stubb here, uh, Adam's producer. I want to ask, with the Oscar uh, nominations are out, uh, do you feel like anything's been snubbed this year? I mean, I, I thought Greta Gerwig would get in for Best Director, but otherwise, you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy overall with the nominations. I think a lot of the best films are nominated. I would have loved to personally have seen Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse get a Best Picture nomination as well as a Best Animated Feature, since there is precedent. Three films, three animated films have done so. So other than that, uh, you know, I'm not too stressed about it. Hey, Brandon, I got an interesting question for you. I- I've been watching True Detective Season 4. I personally love waiting a week for the next episode. What's the trend in the industry right now? Is it trending towards weekly, or is it just drop the whole season and let people binge? A great question that is so prescient to what's going on right now. 
really, I think uh, it says it all that Netflix, after years and years and years of saying we're going to binge everything all at once, has more or less, for their biggest shows, really moved to batch releases, where they're releasing the first half one month, the next half another month. You're seeing other uh, uh, companies start to do either weekly release or more of those batched releases as well. So there is definitely a more economic benefit to spacing those out as opposed to dropping 10 episodes for us to all consume on one weekend. Have you been following the amount of Peacock subscribers after the whole Taylor Swift thing there that the NFL put the wild card game on Peacock and all the Swifties had their boyfriends download the app? Has it worked for Peacock? Well, they spent $110 million, Adam, just to get one NFL game, and it did drive about 3 million signups to Peacock. So that's a nice big number. Now, the real question is where you get into the actual did this work, did this not, is we're going to have to check in 3, 6, 12 months from now to see how many of those 3 million subscribers they actually kept. If they managed to keep a million, a million and a half or more, I'd say, you know what, not a bad thing, all things considered. But if it drops below that, well, that's a lot of churn, a lot of people canceling. And right now the expectation is that a lot of those three million are going to cancel pretty quickly. I wanted to ask, is there, are there any movies on the horizon that you're looking forward to or would recommend? I think I'm going to go see Argyle this weekend. Have you had a chance to check that out, or is there anything else streaming that uh, we should look into? I haven't checked out Argyle, but I will say back in my reporter days, I was the one to drop the exclusive scoop about that movie. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toot my own horn right there now that you're giving me the platform. But there's a lot of interesting movies in 2024 coming out. The problem is, though, as of right now, there's only about 125 wide releases scheduled for mm. 2024. That's about 10 less than 2023, which was already light on big wide release movies. And so what we're seeing is the, the production shutdown brought on by the dual Hollywood strikes, continued backlog from COVID production shutdowns. The theatrical movie industry, despite, despite still delivering really high-quality products, is really suffering. And the less movies that go into theaters nationwide, the less money they make, the more the studios are, are cutting and firing people. So it's a really challenging year. But I, I recommend anyone who thinks there's a good movie out there, please go see it in theaters. It would help everybody. Brandon Katz with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Follow him on social media, Mr. Hollywood, at great underscore Catsby, entertainment industry strategist at Parrot Analytics. Uh, you know, we know you're a big sports fan as well, and Netflix certainly had a lot of success with their sports documentaries. Everyone talking about Drive to Survive. I've been watching Breakpoint. Loved quarterback. And then there was the announcement about an NBA show, but we haven't heard much about that since the original announcement. Do you know anything more about that and the future of sports on Netflix? I, I don't know any more about that, but as we saw recently with Netflix acquiring the rights, to WWE Raw and other WWE programming, they are still clearly moving more and more into the sports realm. And now while WWE is, quote, sports entertainment, it's scripted, it's not exactly sports, it is pretty darn close. So even though sports are massively expensive, Netflix has gone about it in the right way. Instead of just bringing out billions of dollars for sports rights up front, where there's nothing else to really keep people in your ecosystem, which you could say about maybe some of these other streamers. Netflix has spent a decade or more building out the back end to make sure they have a vast library. And now putting sports on top of the funnel is a great way to go about it. So I personally would expect Netflix to continue pushing more and more 
into that live event, live sports realm. So WWE, it, it may be the first of many moves for Netflix, potentially. Brandon, love having you on the show. Before we let you go, Jeremy Allen White, 32 years old, has all of a sudden become an A-list actor. I remember him as Lip Gallagher in Shameless and then stepped onto the scene as Carmi from The Bear. He had a role in uh, Iron Claw. Uh, he's a terrific actor now. What are the latest projects he'll be working on? Do you have any update on Season 3 of The Bear? Season 3 of The Bear is going into production soon, if not already. So we should probably get Season 3 around June, sometime mid-summer of this year. I'm personally ecstatic about that. I think The Bear Season 2 was number one on my 2023 TV seasons list. So I cannot wait for more. Brandon, great stuff as always, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yep, that's Brandon Katz. Follow him on social media. Great underscore Katzby. I'm at AWOD Radio. Don't go anywhere. It's Grant and Danny coming up next.